and welcome to episode 221 of RPG Fans Weekly Podcast Retro Encounter, where we discuss the games of yore. Uh, <laughs> this week we are discussing Suikoden 5. Uh, it's one of my favourite games and I think I, I, it's a common sentiment amongst our panellists here this week. Uh, so why don't we introduce them? Oh, and I'm your host, Leona McKellen, by the way. <laughs> uh, so first off, we have Tress. Hey, everybody. Good to be back. Oh, I know. I think we actually had both. Well, I'll say this. And also Zach. Hi there. Hey. Okay. Hey. Correct me if I'm wrong, but were we all in the Suikoden 2 podcast like last uh, year? I was not with the site quite yet. Oh, was you like- were- just um, the month before I started, but you and I mm. talked about Luca Blight together on a podcast. That's right. It was the Luca Blight thing we were talking about. I knew we had yeah. discussed Sweeked in Two at some point, Zach. Oh yes. I'm always <laughs> down to talk Sweeked in Two. Yes. Oh yeah. All the time. <laughs> All the time. Always. I, I, I think if there's any like ever a Sweeked in podcast or anything going, I'm like, I'm in. I'm in. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Even so... if it's Sweeked in Four, I would jump in. <laughs> yeah. You I know what? I, I would just so I can replay it. I only played it the once. Yeah, see, I've never played four, so it would be my first time playing through it if we do it through a podcast. <laughs> well, now we know what everyone has to do. Vote for Sweeten and Food before for the next <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I get a feeling that won't be happening. Yeah, right, I mean, uh, actually, I mean, Tress, this is technically your your first podcast since you left the site, isn't it? We got you back. You thought you were out, but we brought you back in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I I completely forgot that I signed up for this. Well, I was like, I wasn't. I was like, I'm I'm not letting. I'm not doing it without Tress. I'm I, even if he doesn't work Aww. here anymore, I'm dragging him back. Yeah, thanks for coming on, <laughs> Tress. That was so sweet. Yeah, I got the note. I got the message, and I was like, yeah, I'd love to do Suicune in Five. Like, I would <laughs> never say no to that. <laughs> So what are what are your guys' history with Sweet and Five? Uh, starting with you, Zach. What, what what's your past been with it? Um, so I played Sweet and Five maybe a year or two after it released. Um, it mm. was it was released while I was in college, and I wasn't playing a lot of RPGs when I was in college. But I'm a teacher, so in the summers it's always the time for RPGs. Yes. And um, I, I think that I had heard bad things about Sweet and Four, mm-hmm. um, and I, I played that after Sweet and Five, and so like I I sort of stayed away from it for a while. But then it was a summer, and I didn't have anything else going on. And this is a very long game, and I'm pretty sure I beat it in like five <laughs> days. So if that tells you anything about what how I felt about Sweet and Five when I first played it, maybe 12 years ago, I loved it. Um, <laughs> but I haven't I haven't touched it since then because of its length, and I, I've yeah. been really excited to come back to it. It doesn't quite reach the heights of maybe Sweet and Two mm-hmm. for me, but I, it's 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 a solid runner up for me right now. Absolutely. And what about you, Tris? What's your history with Sweet and Five? Oh, Suikoden 5 was my favorite Suikoden game. <laughs> um, I actually didn't get into the series. I'm pretty sure it's said it's in the second um, podcast, but I didn't get into the series. I got into it quite late, mm-hmm. and I started with Tierkrate, and I think I went to 5 next after that. Tierkrate is an interesting place to start. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, I, is, I could not beat that game. But that's besides the point. <laughs> um, yeah. I like the little like, dolphin people with the porpoise. Uh, then, the, yeah, the yeah. porpoise, yes. Yeah. Yeah, cool. <laughs> See? But um, yeah, so Suikoden 5, I played right after Tier Crate. And then um, I love it. Even though 2 is pretty much hailed as like the best, I think 5 is what 2 is, but more polished. Mm-hmm. And I just love the cast. I mean, I know we're going to get that, to that in this podcast, but yes. the cast in 5 is like, holy cow, this is <laughs> how you do people. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. So yeah. 
yeah well i, have I mean this... the translation is definitely better that it's got that going forward oh yeah else, it's a bit later sure. when we're, the west is starting to get a grip on actually translating games yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah for sure for sure and you leon now uh well i have a similar story to Tris. i didn't start playing the series at all until uh maybe i was 20 so eight years ago i started playing um and i just blitzed through them all but um Two and five are my favorite ones. I think they're the pinnacle of what the series is, and yeah. I, I love it. Um, five is probably got what like some of my favorite individual characters, where I consider to a better overall rounded game. So I, I it's definitely uh, up there for one of my favorites. Uh, oh yeah, is. <laughs> I mean, anything with Lucretia, Silides, it's, and it's all oh female. Oh, yeah. It's all so female-heavy. Sweet and Five mm-hmm. is so yes. amazing for that, and it's it's lovely to see oh, yeah. all these strong even, women. Even the whole history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even the history of Sweet and Five with, like, its whole backdrop is very female-centric, and I love it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we should probably just jump right into the game then. So oh, yeah. the game actually takes place in the Queendom of Felena, which mm. is... Mentioned in the first time, I think you get to see it in Sweden too, and in jo- George Prime's uh, investigation report. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. From, um, Richard, right? From yeah, from Richard. yeah, Richard also says his magic defense is really bad, which is also accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Richard knows all. He does. But he does. does he have a pet mouse? That goes on investigations. <laughs> not. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, but uh, so in this game, actually, the Sweden of Five takes place in the Kingdom of Salt and of Felena, but the events take eight, place eight years before the events of Sweden One. Isn't it ten? I think it's eight, but we'll, it we'll round it up to ten. Ten. I years. think it's ten before Sweden Two, so that yeah. would make it eight before yeah. Sweden One. Yeah, I believe. Okay. Okay. And if you're old, if you've only ever played Sweden Four, it's 150 years after that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like here's four, and then here's here's the rest. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like uh, that's pretty much the way to talk about Sweden Four, right? Literally, yes. I'm like, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's eight years before Sweden One, and the only real tie character-wise is George. I'd say he's the only one you see in the games before, and everyone else is new. No, there are a couple. I mean, Lorelai and um, yeah, Killy are here as well. Oh, yeah, yes. Shun, of yeah. course. Of course. And then you have Shun Min as well, who is referenced oh, as we couldn't too. Yes, that's and a And that breaks my reference. heart. Oh, it's yes. so sad. And Retto. Yes. Uh, so Shun Min is the wife of the cook the who cook. died in Sweden too. From like yeah, hi, that, uh, that whole sort of mafia chef business that was going on in Sweden 2. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. But this no, is not I a Sweden 2 podcast. I can't keep bringing it up. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. I'd like to see you stop me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, so when the game opens up, we're basically in a town called Lord Lake. And mm. our characters that we have are the Prince... Who, who? What did you guys name the prince? I went by the canon name, which is like Frejador. I also named yeah. him Frejador. I, I shortened it to Frey because I couldn't Frey. read that ridiculous name. For <laughs> I just think it fits him so well, Frejador. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think, think it's so a good name for him. 
I think so. Whoever designed that name, good on you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have Leon, who is his bodyguard and an apprentice Queen's Knight. Though everyone yes. in the game calls her a Queen's Knight, which she gets very frustrated about. Yes, I like how you definitely... I love how you made that the first thing you said. Apprentice. Apprentice. Queen's Knight. <laughs> yes, it's what she would want, and I'm not going to. She's an <laughs> apprentice Queen's Knight. She's the first, like, you know, second required member in the whole series. Yes. Like, you know, oh yeah, Remio and uh, Nanami into that is actually really good. Oh yeah, like, I wasn't oh, angry yeah. that yeah. I had her in my party all the time. No, not at all. She's actually yeah. really powerful. She's excellent. Yeah. Um, we have Sialids, who oh, <laughs> what was that her for? Explain your I love Silence. Yeah. Oh, you love Patrick her personality? Patrick. Is that what we're calling her? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Silence is the prince's aunt. She, oh, yes. So, yes. the queen's sister. Yes. Since this is a queendom, the queen is the ruler of the land, mm-hmm. not the king. And so the prince is not in next line for the throne, it is his sister. So it goes mm-hmm. through the female line. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Sileads has an interesting sort of uh, backstory with succession rights and things that we'll get mm-hmm. into a bit later. Um, we also have George Prime. No, mm-hmm. is he there? Yes, yes, he, he is there. Yeah, George is there. Yeah. Uh, George is a Queen's Knight and he's been newly recruited by the King Farid mm-hmm. uh, to brought, brought in recently. So he's new to the area. And they're all visiting Lord Lake, which was a site where Queen Arstadt used the Sun Ruin two years past. Yeah, it's two years. Yes. Right, yeah. So the Sun Ruin is the true ruin of this game. Every Suikoden has its true ruins. Yes, and this might be the most. Would you say it's the most destructive true rune? I mean, I think uh, like outwardly, not makes reference. Yes, I yeah. think. Yeah, I mean, like not yeah. makes reference to it being particularly particularly powerful, even for a uh, true rune mm-hmm. later in the game as well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, given its destructive power, but it also comes with its own set of complications, just like most yes. other true runes, I suppose. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think the sun rune is a super fascinating rune, especially oh, for yeah. what it does to the wearer. Um, but so the Sun Rune was used on Lord Lake because Lord Lake because they had an uprising two years ago, mm-hmm. and the Queen was very angry at them apparently, and used the Sun Rune to basically decimate the land. So all the water dried up. It's basically become a desert. But to make yes. things worse, the the river has also been dammed up, so mm-hmm. they can't even get new water there. So rife with sickness and it's a very hostile place for the royal family would you say oh yeah it's yeah. it's the game really throws you into a very you know desolate very heavy mm-hmm. beginning oh yeah it's what way <laughs> to start the game <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, I think this game is sort of a slow burn after this, yeah. but I think this opening um, is really effective for sort of establishing um, the, for creating this world in which, you know, um, where the conflict exists. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an almost an in media res thing that I think works really well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's it's very interesting because if you actually watch the opening cutscenes for the uh, thing, it kind of 
goes into detail how the these events because they don't really show you how these events occurred two years prior mm-hmm. but if you watch the opening like um fmb it shows you <laughs> when the like um the sunroom was used and stuff like that so it's kind yeah. of interesting that they don't show it but they show it <laughs> yeah this is it's a plot point that gets told in bits and pieces as you play the game mm-hmm. and then you suddenly yeah. get a clear picture and so so i'd say lord lake was really is like the first arc of the game. So you start off in Lord mm-hmm. Lake, and halfway through the game, I'd say you resolved Lord Lake's problem, and that really yeah. takes the that that takes that full circle. Yeah, that's uh, a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, so Lord, it was destroyed by the Sun Ruin because of an uprising, mm-hmm. and Lord Rover, Rover, Rovery, Rovery was the, oh, I don't know, man. Rovery. Yeah, Lord Rovery. <laughs> I think he was the guy in charge at the time, and um, he died. And so we're we're there. People, he was very well beloved, and the locals are very hostile towards the royal family, obviously, uh, but also just in general suffering because of what was done. And we have been sent there by the queen to do a sort of check up on the area. Mm-hmm. I think and that's what uh, we're like a royal investigation, basically, to see what this current status of Lord Lake is. Yeah, and they, they talk about it a little bit later, but I still can't really figure out what her real function of sending uh, Frey or Freyjador, the prince, mm-hmm. uh, there was. Because obviously, like, he's going to get a, a poor reception. Was it her point to show, like, how much devastation she did? I mean, I, I, I don't mm-hmm. really understand what the function of that trip was from her perspective, from yeah. Marshcott's perspective. I, I would, well, for me, the way I thought about it was... It was kind of a mixture of her own feelings versus the sunroom. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry. I know we're going to take that, but it's No, like, no, no. Just go ahead. Like, um, but like, you know, how the sunroom affects the psyche. Yeah. And um, just that mix of she wants to sympathize, but the sunroom's like, you should go so you can see how much mm-hmm. power I have. So it's kind of like a mixed mm. intentions type of thing. Like there's two different intentions behind it. Yeah. And I can see that. That, that. that jives with her characterization too. Yeah. So right. that makes sense to me. So while we're speaking about Arstadt, let's just jump to when we're done with Lord Lake, we've seen the devastation we've caused. We're not liked. We go back to Sofalena, the kingdom cap the queendom capital. Sorry, that's gonna get some taking used to. <laughs> uh the queendom capital, and we meet our mother for the first time, who greets us and she seems nice. She mm-hmm. seems welcoming. Um and but as soon as we start to question what happened at Lord Lake, she turns. And, oh, yeah. and she just seems to be she's taken over by this 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 sun rune which gives her a sort of an arrogance and mm-hmm. she she considers herself basically godlike that her anything that she does cannot be questioned as justice it's a very interesting effect that the sun rune has on her and yeah it's it's interesting because you we don't really notice a lot of the other true runes have this effect mm um from what i can remember like none of the other truons so far from the series gives this side effect of being able to be manipulated through the psych the only yeah, one i, I can, mean, the only one i can think of is the night uh the, the night rune or is yeah. it the moon yeah the one that sienna has because yes. that was um yeah. neck lord was the one to, um who was influenced by that yes the um, uh the rune from the first game, um, mm-hmm. uh, which I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head there's now. The rune, the soul eater, or the soul eater. Yeah, the soul eater. Yeah. I mean, the soul eater certainly. There, I think there is some impact on the psyche there, but the rune of punishment in Suikoden Four, oh, yeah. um, uh, eventually has uh, some pretty 
devastating consequences for the wearer as well. Um, oh, okay. And it actually damages you in battle in Suikoden 4, one of the many problems of Suikoden 4. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that it certainly has the largest impact because I think it might be the most powerful rune that we encounter. Yes. Um, except for maybe the rune of beginning, but it's split in Suikoden 2. It's, so I don't know. Yes. I'd also maybe throw the true wind rune in there. It kind yeah. of had an a impact in the psyche of a certain mm-hmm. character in Sweden yeah. 3. Oh, well, we're just going to say it. Sorry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. Spoiler. Sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so I, I agree with Tris. I think it was like a sort of... I think Arstadt might have sent her son there to maybe show what normal Arstadt would have considered a, a, a big regret of hers. And she might have wanted to actually help the people, but she's been constantly taken over by the sun ruin again, and she can't find a way to restore the wrong she had done by treating this town so harshly for an uprising. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think that 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 makes sense, and she makes mm-hmm. some reference to that when she's talking to her husband Farid yeah. Um, yeah. later. It's not ex- extremely clear, but it, it it jives with her characterization. Yeah, Farid's an interesting character because he seems to be the only one who can snap her out of the mm-hmm. the sort of um, mood that she goes in when the Sunrun takes her over. So she yeah. he's very important, and like probably why Felina isn't just a pile of rubble at this point. <laughs> Yeah, I've always, like, I don't know, for some reason, I've always likened their uh, dynamic as, like, Icarus and, mm-hmm. you know, Arshtat being too close to the sun, where um, Farad is the one tethering her back down to Earth. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. And so, yeah. yeah, so I always likened it like that when I play it, so I think of it. <laughs> That's very cool. Um, uh, what, we've got other members of the royal family, but just one more. We've got his little sister, the prince's little sister, Limslea. And she's well, I can never pronounce her name. I can never pronounce <laughs> you can never her name. You say Lim. Lim. I, yeah. yeah. I was like, Lim's Leia? I was like, oh, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I think like Star Wars Leia. Yeah. Add, I thought, I add think Lim in front of it. <laughs> Lim's Leia. Uh, but she's next in line for the throne. What do we think of our little sister character? I find her very annoying. Do you? I actually like her. I find her very annoying. Uh, um, like when she first sees him, and like in the Queen Knight's quarters, yeah. and like she up and she's like, brother, 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 brother. Yeah. You have these dialogue options where you can say like, <laughs> you, you, so many go. <laughs> you actually should not choose those dialogue options because it affects the true ending. Oh, it does, yeah. <laughs> you have to be nice yeah. to her. Um, but I really wanted yeah. to. I was like, please let me go. <laughs> go away. <laughs> I definitely agree. But the thing is, I like that they did it like that because then her characterization becomes a lot more um, mm-hmm. more noticed. Yes. And it's not as subtle because then throughout the game, you see how her character changes from being so needy mm-hmm. to being to really... To step into these adult roles that right, yeah, she's and, not and, quite prepared for. Right. You know, I mean, we'll get into that why, what mm-hmm. happens, but it's just it really makes sense to put her in that light. And I love that they did that, even though I did find it grating and I'm like, can I just turn it off? Like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think that it was done on purpose and, and this is more in the second half, but I think certainly her characterization gets filled out mm-hmm. um, yeah. as you get, you know, closer to the end of the game. Oh, um, yeah. But man, I, I found her incredibly grating early on, but you know who I don't find grating? Mia Keys. Oh, Mia Keys is so funny. <laughs> so Mia Keys is uh, Lem's bodyguard. Just like Leon oh, yes. is for us. Uh, Miyuki's is such a troll. 
Yeah. She takes nothing but delight in teasing Lim. <laughs> I think <laughs> the funniest one she does is when we're in the Sacred Games and she tells Lim that because uh, Frasier won the, the the sort of practice match that he has, she has to marry him now. And she's oh, yeah. the hell out. She's like, how could you win? Do you not know what happens? <laughs> so funny. I love Mia Keys. I mean, no, no offense to Leon, but I really wish <laughs> Mia Keys was my bodyguard instead. Yeah, I mean, she's that definitely is... got a more, a bigger personality. And um, again, this is more second half, I guess, but she's also a monster in battle. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, so speaking of the Sacred Games, the Sacred <laughs> Games is like uh, a competition held once once the generation or say, say uh, maybe even longer, where a new queen's husband is chosen uh, yeah, through a so. fighting tournament. And it's a big deal. The last one happened with Arstadt's wedding to Farid, and that was a big upset because Farid wasn't even from Felina. He was like a barbarian from another country. It was from the Island Nations. The and, Island um, Nations, yes, that's right. Yeah. So and you can four. Yes. And he came in unannounced and he ended up pretty much, you know, winning the entire thing without a noble backing him up. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, so this one, this sacred game is a lot more rules are placed saying that you, know, <laughs> yes. you can't do that. <laughs> and um They really patched you, up that hole behind Ferrid. Oh yeah, it's this time. It's for sure. You know, a noble has to win, or else, they, you know, you face discrimination. And it's it's starting to become more apparent that this is a very political. Oh yeah, yeah. A little, you know, political heavy. Yeah. Queendom. This is the yeah. point in the game where you really start to get into the politics of the game, yeah. and it's pretty early. We've got our rival factions, who are the Godwins who yes. are a more uh, authoritarian family, sort yes. of in the political side of things, more about military might and uh, using things like the Sun Rune for uh, military purposes. Yeah. And the other and side, we have the Barrows family, who <laughs> seem Barrows at are. first harmless but dumb. But are actually just yeah. as conniving and and destructive as the Godwins. Yeah, yeah. they, they seem mean, like your comic relief mm-hmm. at first, but mm-hmm. they're not. They're yeah, completely... I mean, they're surprisingly ineffective, though. Um, and you oh, yeah, get yeah. to this, but um, you, you would think that given um, the, the the sort of the power that they wield, they um, are never very effective at doing basically anything. They seem like um, <laughs> these people who are constantly instigating things, but yes. every time they try to instigate, they're outfought or outmatched yes. by something or someone. They think they're um, a lot cleverer than they really are. I mean, you, you would think that they would be more effective than they are, but it, it mm. just, like I said, it just doesn't, nothing they do ever really works out, even at the Sacred Games. <laughs> yeah. I think they, for me, the way I see the Barrows is that I think they're, maybe annoyingly complacent on their lackadaisical personality. Like you wouldn't assume that from them because mm-hmm. of how, how lighthearted they seem. So they kind of rest on that to think that you don't see what's coming. Yeah. And that's their biggest, whereas, you know, the Godwins are a lot more calculative put, and put very together. much more, yeah. you know, put together. But in the end, I feel like they're both ineffective. It's just yeah. 
in different ways because even though you know i mean let's we'll talk into that later they're, they're but yeah used but... to demonstrate the corruption within the nobility and yeah a nobility system isn't effective because in the end it's just petty families using politics to to increase their own standing at the cost of whoever's in their way basically and it's a system of constant backstabbing right so uh, and when you yeah. first meet salem barrows that's the head of the family <laughs> you meet him in the resolfalena sort of um the the just i don't know what you call it assembly yeah Yeah. something like that yeah uh and he just seems such a slimy character which he is uh (laughs) but he's immediately just like what the hell am i looking at it's like some sort of crazy clown oh yeah even the way you know the way he's dressed it's like in this purple get up (laughs) he looks like kind of like a ringmaster to a circus and it's just very it's it's very deceiving yeah it's He's it's very he's very deceiving and I I I forgot about his characterization mm-hmm. and I completely when I was playing this again I was like oh he's the harmless one. <laughs> uh, see I I felt like he was like the foil for um Marscal Godwin. Well Marscal is very implacable and you never know what he's thinking. Well yeah. Salem Barrows is putting on a big show, smoke and mirrors. He's making you think he's dumb. He's making you think he can't. He's harmless, but he's also constantly sweet talking. Constantly, whoever he's talking to, oh, you're the best. You, you know, you're. He's so much, but then you're like, oh, you, you, he's such a eyesore. You don't really want to look at him, so he gets away with a lot of things. Right, and I think also, um, you know, the red herrings of their sons. You know, you yes. have Gazelle who is pretty much the mirror image of his father. Mm. And so because of that, you take Mariscal really seriously, whereas you have Urim, who is <laughs> completely, <a> yeah, <laughs> completely flop, you know? And because of that, you kind of assume that Salem is the same because the apple doesn't fall but, off yeah. from the tree. Yeah. But then that's, I think that's where I feel like it's a really good way of deceiving your audience mm-hmm. because you don't take them as like, seriously but then you and what i love is that you know with um you know marscal he only had Suzelle, but you have lucerina which we'll get into but yes. her dynamic it really shows her father's other side mm-hmm. because she has the uh, acumen that urim doesn't have yes uh it's interesting that someone like him would be able to raise a daughter like lucerina but you know i think it just goes to show that these are what more deeper characters than just you know stereotypes and I'm the bad guy mm-hmm. so I'm always bad. No, I yeah. think I think he does have a love for his kids. He he's, does. He's not for all sure. bad. He's just he's just a slimy politician at the end of the day, isn't he? Yeah, I mean most of them are. <laughs> yeah, most of them are. So back to the yeah. sacred games. So we have our two political factions now vying for the role the, of the queen's the husband for little yes. Lem, who's only eight years old or something, eight or ten. She's going to be engaged to whoever the winner of the Sacred Games are. Now, mm-hmm. the Sacred Games allow gladiators to take place instead of... Instead of the nobles. Uh, as a, yes, instead of nobles, as a representative. Uh, because, yes. you know, they would never get harm's way. <laughs> so, yes, of course yes. not. So when we're, when we're in Stormfest, which is Godwin territory, that's where the Sacred Games are taking place. We, we get to see the two gladiators that have been picked by the Barrow side and the Godwin side. We have 
Keldrick for the Godwins. Keldrick. What do we think of mm-hmm. him? I mean, he's <laughs> he's the closest thing to Luca Blight since Luca yeah, Blight. I was say. <laughs> as, as you'll see, I mean, I, again, this is getting into the second half. No, he becomes just, sort of yeah, a significant character later. Yeah. Um, but he's uh, very powerful and very dangerous. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's, I was really disappointed that they did they did a Luca Blight like copy because i was hoping yeah. you know like he even has dialogues that are similar to luca um that are, he literally you know, says again, the pig later <laughs> yeah I, I i was like this this isn't blatant copying i don't know what is um so i was a bit i was i was hoping they'd go for a different direction with him i mean mm. it makes sense but yes. i'm like uh we already have luca blight and yes. luca blight is great like yeah uh we also have the guy for the barrows uh, and the guy is actually one of our recruits, so we know he's a good guy. Yeah, but you don't know that when we, we um, that do when the sacred games because so, um, mm-hmm. he's very quiet. <laughs> yes, uh, the sacred games is where the prince learns about the gladiator system, mm-hmm. basically, and how abusive it is. They're basically slaves forced to fight. They are oh, kept, yeah. they're kept in dungeons in awful conditions. And they're basically just uh, for the entertainment purposes of the nobles, which the Godwins are very pro-gladiator system. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, just to even show even more of the corruption of the queen or the entire queendom, Mm -hmm. it even, you know, you have the Secret Games where it shows them. You have Belkut as well. Yes. Who ended up having, you know, was pretty much being sabotaged to be disqualified Oh yeah, by the nobles because you know he's fighting for himself. Yes, so Belcourt was a a person that the prince and the royal family saw, and they liked the they liked the cut of his jib. They're like, "You're our guy. <laughs> you're the I mean, I don't. You're, you're the next brother-in-law." <laughs> I don't blame them. Yeah, know, just saying. I mean, if you see the rest of the if you just see the saying. rest of the fighters, you're like, "All oh, right, okay, he's the best of a bad bunch." <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, um, you'll find out that he's one of your recruitable. And Belkut is one of the best char- physical characters you can get in oh, the yeah. game. I, I mean, mean, it makes I sense know. given how well he performs in the games as well. I think that I like that they match his physical skill in battle that you see to mm-hmm. like who he is as a character oh, yes. that you get to use. I mean, he was a mainstay in my party for most of the game. Yes, he's like the oh, opposite yeah. of Richard. <laughs> Richard yeah. doesn't seem like he should be powerful, but right. he's actually and the he's most even broken more game. broken. <laughs> he's the most broken character in the game. Oh, right. oh yeah. <laughs> yes. He can't get hit, and he hits everyone like 17 times. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the deal about Belkut is um, he, he's fighting, and he's getting up at the ranks, and this is causing the ability to have a bit of... Uh, worry because they've put all this work into making sure that they're one of them's going to be the winner um of the second right. games and here's this guy from kanaka i think he's from um who just came in as winning all these fights oh yeah kanaka yeah yeah, yeah. um to rewind a bit mm-hmm. um we end up finding that um so barrows is person was disqualified because they he was exposed right as an arms spy all right. Guy. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, and so this is why this is why they were getting more for Belkut because Belkut ends up being in the finals. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's, uh, that's right. As uh, a guy, uh, we, we're, we're approached by a character called Shun, who is another gladiator, and he's like, um, there's voices, we can hear like voices, and we're going to get in trouble in the dungeons or whatever if they get caught or whatever. It's like talking about arms or whatever. 
So we go investigate that, and what we find behind like a wall is a guy talking to arms or arm armies. I think it's Armis. I think it's Ar- is it Armis. I just say Arms. I say Arms, uh, but um, the Armis is basically the the uh, uh, an enemy territory. We're at war. We're at war with them constantly. So it's like uh, having the guy talking to Armis spies is a bad look for the Barrows family. Mm-hmm. And we basically find out this was all set up by Gazelle Godwin. Yes. To basically disqualify the Barrows family gladiator from their from competing, so it's a, mm-hmm. a little dirty underhanded trick on his part, but kind of clever, but very in line with his character of just setting up plots and see where they go. Yeah, it's it's it it really starts showing. It starts picking up the. Pl- I feel like mm-hmm. this is where the plot really just starts starting to pick up because mm-hmm. then it starts mm-hmm. all the plans start becoming you know start going in motion yeah and um then you have the whole belcourt ordeal with you know marina's kidnapping and it, yeah. you find out it's also gazelle's yep. plan okay, <laughs> what if there's plan? a plot gazelle's behind right yeah <laughs> do you do either of you agree with what marina did because even though i know um belcourt forgave her right away saying oh this would have happened regardless do you agree with what marina did to him though you, you mean in terms of her giving him the yeah the, um, that that flower or whatever oh, it was the herb or something do i do i agree with her doing that to him i yeah. mean I, I think that ultimately it probably works out in belcourt's favor because i mm-hmm. guarantee that god wins if she hadn't done that yes. would have assassinated him yes. um i mean there's no yeah. question about it so do i think it was the right thing maybe but i also don't really think it was her call um i, I mean it i think that like this game does a pretty good job of setting up moral gray areas. And I think yes. that's certainly one of them. Um, oh, yeah. So I think the answer is probably yes, but mm. uh, I don't know. Dark Arcanum. I just remembered it. Oh, there you go. There it is. <laughs> I was like, what? The- Zach was like talking that entire day. time. And I'm like, what's the name of that <laughs> sleeping drug? <laughs> Dark Arcanum. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, I agree with Zach. It's, it's a gray area. I mean, I personally found it very hard to like Marina's character at all after it. I just, it's just, I don't know. I, I understood why she did it, and it's very a human thing, and it's a very easy mistake to make. I just I don't know if I would ever drug someone who was going to do in a fighting tournament that day. Yeah. You know? so I mean, ultimately, it it's vaguely selfish like on her part, too. Yes. I mean, she really just yes. wants to marry him. So yes. yeah. uh, it works out well, as we discover later, that they are still together. So. Yes, Belkut is um, very forgiving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, when I, when he, when he was, you know, that forgiving, I was like, I, I don't like Marina. <laughs> like, he was like, yeah, I, it rubbed. I don't know. It was. I, I can see like the, his reasoning for like, yeah, yeah, they would have probably taken my life some other way. Oh yeah, definitely. But at the I same mean, time, she, they're not wrong. Like, they would have died if she didn't do that. But at the same time, it's just like, uh, it just makes it hard to like her. Yeah. Uh, no. It's it's so weird. I, I but I love that. It was just. Mm-hmm, it wasn't absolutely. like a very very you know happy ending type of thing it was yeah weird. She, she is she's very remorseful like i think every time you talk to her she's like i'm sorry i'm sorry so it's not like yeah. the game expects you to like her it's like she knows she done wrong uh, yeah but yeah so what happened is, is, is marina gets kidnapped uh by godwin's uh thugs basically and um when we rescue her dolph who is a character that we're going to be seeing a lot of throughout the game. Well, a lot of now and then. Now and then we see Dolph. And he is a assassin. Yes. And uh, he gives Marina the, the sleeping drug and tells her to put it in his food 
So on the day of the tournament, Belku will also be uh, less able to fight, and thus the Godwins have annihilated another possible winner of the Sacred Games. And they succeed. So mm-hmm. Belku fails, and basically that means Kildrick as the only the strong is the strongest uh, gladiator in the tournament, and he wins. Limslea has to marry the Godwins, Gazelle Godwin, and that is that is the big. Uh, that's really what sets the game in motion. That's that yeah. that's that's the Godwins' power move. That's them. They're in. They're in now. Everything they want to do is happening now. It was all like it was all a chance before. If they didn't win the sacred games, the the, the entire events of the games would have unfolded completely differently. Yeah, we might not even have a game. The fact that you find out that um, Gazelle was Zaylee's fiance. Oh yeah, yeah, really, that's true. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was just I didn't know what to think at that point. <laughs> yes, so um, it's creepy. I think uh, is the answer to your question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he it's did not. Creepy. He did not take that breakup well. No, no, not at all. No, no. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I like... love that they deal with it so subtly, though. I oh, mean, yeah. like, I think that mm. their conversations uh, between Silees and Gazelle are really realistic. Mm-hmm. I like the, the, their interactions, and I like that you can sense that there is like that history, history and that yeah. uh, connection, but also that animosity. Um, oh yeah. I, I mean, and the reason they had to split up was because Silees abdicated the throne, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, um, so I mean. The, there was a real reason for it. Um, but it's just um, interesting to see it, uh, the conversation and then the way that that relationship plays out later, as we'll talk about in the second half of the podcast is mm-hmm. really fascinating to me. Um, everything involving Silees oh. is great. So, Oh yeah. I, I love, guess. I love tales of succession and stories and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's all fascinating. And Silees has a very interesting backstory. So we can go into it. It gets talked to El Lunas with Haswar. Uh, who is um, a cousin oh, yeah. of Silas oh, yeah, and, yeah. mm-hmm. and Arshtan. Yeah, but basically yeah. what happened was when they were younger, their mothers were in line for the throne and there was a bloody feud about who was going to succeed. Haswar's mother um, w- was against Arshtan and Silas's mother. And uh, mm-hmm. basically Arshtan and Silas's mother was kind of uh, not a nice person. No. And murdered everyone, <laughs> including her sister. And it was such a bloody battle. The 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 Silides, Arshta and Haswar swore that Arshta would be queen and they would give up all rights to having children, to ever marrying, and thus no more like the the bloody feud wouldn't continue to the next generation. It- which is yeah, why, it'll only be one yeah. family line from yes. that point on. Yes, so it would be. Uh, that's why Gazelle and Silas never worked out because Silas promised never to marry. Basically, it's super interesting. It is because then, and the thing is, like with Silas's character, mm-hmm. you you can tell that she doesn't feel that bitter resentment towards her sister. No, she she knew it was the right oh. thing to do. Yeah, yeah. you knew she. It yeah. was like, and it sucks because you, I feel like. Throughout a lot of, you know, the course of the game, Sally, you realize Sally ends up getting the short end of the stick a lot mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah, but mm-hmm. she doesn't let that get to her. You know what? I've been watching The Crown while watching playing this game. <laughs> it's so stupid. But, like Sally's is like Princess Margaret, and Arstadt is like 
Queen Elizabeth. This is means nothing to you. If you if you're not if you're not big on royalty monarchy in the UK, it doesn't make any sense. But it, it's very similar. It's very similar. Yeah, no, I could I could see that. Um, yeah. I mean, not, I don't think that um, they have a a rune in the UK, as far as I'm aware, right? Not to your anything. knowledge. <laughs> not to my knowledge. The corgi rune. It's our corgis. Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, it, but you can see it reflected in Sylee's personality, um, yeah. just sort of how yeah. like aloof and sarcastic she is all the time, yeah. and how yeah. she consistently says, like, you know, you'll you'll eventually realize that the world sucks, basically, <laughs> basically like at almost yeah. every opportunity, and she just always wants to sleep and get away from people. Yeah. Uh, but they do it in sort of a good natured way. But they make those events and sort of the suffering that she had to go through personally mm-hmm. reflect really well in her personality. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sylee's it's, famous it's... personalities from Zach coming back. <laughs> can i just mention while we're in the sacred games and while we're in Stormfist in general we meet probably one of my favorite little characters and that's egbert, egbert. Oh, egbert. i love egbert Archibald. he's a delight <laughs> he's basically a crazy old man who lives in the sewers who was part of an ancient family called the Aethelbod family who owned Stormfist before they were tricked out of their lands by the Godwins. And he's the last of the, their, their, their line and he's just like, he lives in the Stormfist sewers and whenever you talk to him, he just goes on about filthy Godwin devils! <laughs> I, I love the, the, the character portrait for him too. Yeah, <laughs> like so he looks funny. so angry. And recruiting oh, yeah. him is maybe the most... Because he, he's oh, sort yeah. of destined to get to recruit later, where you just like literally have to watch uh-huh. his text scroll and you can't skip through yeah, it. You have to but, I, but his potch finder ability, oh, oh, it's so good. Yeah, so you get yeah. money for having in the party. But uh, yeah, watching, he's like, you will listen to every syllable of my hatred rant for the Godwins, and then I will join you. And if you press X during it, he's like, fuck you. No, you're not recruiting me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's like, I need to vent, and you better listen to me vent. And then I yeah. will join your cause. Yes. Um, so I just had to mention yeah. Egbert. Shout outs to Egbert. Yeah, no. I know that since we're on the recruiting end, I, one of the things, one of the, my one few gripes about Suikin and Five is that a lot of the flags start early in this game. And if you miss that event, mm. even though you don't know... Yes. That it's supposed to happen, you can miss the character mm-hmm. entirely because you didn't do something back in like, you know, the mm-hmm. very intro type prologue, <laughs> and that was infuriating. <laughs> That's uh, why I'm like, I mean, it's in the tradition of Suikoden. <laughs> I, I know I said I wouldn't talk about Suikoden too, but like last time I played Suikoden two, I forgot to talk to. I think it was Eliza in Muse. Oh yeah. And so yeah, I wasn't yeah. able to. I wasn't able to recruit Clive, and it was like during a very specific oh, moment in time. Yeah. Um, I actually think that it's slightly better uh-huh. um, than some previous games in terms of people being missable. I have other gripes with this game. Like if you're talking about Stormfist, uh, just how difficult it is to navigate that place. Mm-hmm. Oh, arena. Yeah. Like I can never figure out where I was going in those no. places. It's like very PS2 in that way. But yeah, yeah I, I agree that the flagging is annoying. Yes. Uh, yes. Like I, I had to change the guide I was following to get all, uh, 108 stars of destiny because it was doing that thing where it's like, okay, now this character is available. And, but if you didn't do this 15 hours ago, then you can't get him. I'm like, you could have mentioned that 15 oh. hours ago. <laughs> yeah. Just telling me the first the one moment they become easy. available. Yeah. No, it's, 
it's really annoying. And um, I was very careful. <laughs> I have like 10 saves <laughs> just in case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. now we got egg butter out of the way. Uh, basically, that concludes <laughs> the events in Stormfest. We actually take Zagai back to Solfalina with him because we uncovered that it was all a Godwin plot and Sagai yeah. is basically going to be executed for no reason, for just being a victim in the games the nobles play. So kind of to protect him, we take mm-hmm. him into our custody and he is in still the dungeon in Solfalina, but you know, at least he's not being executed the next day. Um, but So back in Solfalina, uh, we Limsley has to go through basically a little pilgrimage to visit East Palace. Mm-hmm. And then Luna. So East Palace, she has to go there to basically swear a little oath in front of the Dawn Ruin. Yes. but That's missing, by the way. Yes. The, whoops. The, whoops. Missing Dawn Ruin. <laughs> <laughs> whoops. All Twilight Ruins. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's gone there, but she still has to go just for, like, tradition's sake. And I think it's probably worth mentioning that the Dawn and the Twilight Runes are both children of the Sun mm-hmm. Rune, so they're not um, they're mm-hmm. not like um, technically true runes, but yes. they both have a part of the power of it. And what's interesting is like you, you guys do get to use the Dawn Rune later in the game. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost as powerful as other true runes that you've used, which indicates that power of the Sun, the rune. sun rune. Yeah, to be that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, uh... But it's not there. We do meet Zerase here in the East Palace. Oh yeah! Oh my God! Oh Zerase! Oh yeah! <laughs> I love her. She basically just, just comes and she basically tells you, "Look, I'm not going to be revealing any plot stuff. I'm going to be mysterious the entire game. <laughs> but I'm really good. <laughs> I'm really powerful. Use me." <laughs> yeah, Zaylis is great, and I think what's interesting about Zerase is mm. you know the way they use her. Like she just like reveals like as much information as you need for the purposes of the oh, plot yeah. throughout the game. Um, and she's such a powerful figure um, in this universe that it's really, uh, and you don't find out much about her here mm-hmm. um, that it, it's weird that she hasn't been in previous ones. Like you feel like she's should have been around yeah. more. She always yeah. reminds me kind of Lechna about, she always she, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Lechna might, is pretty much. I wouldn't be surprised if she was maybe a sister of Lechna, like, or and Wendy or something like that. Like, it wouldn't be yeah. surprising to me. Uh, well, she, when she meets Lechnot later, there, there is a bit of a relationship there, yeah. but we don't know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. She joins I'm, the League of Mysterious Sweetheaden Women we never learn about, like Jean and Vicky. Jean, Vicky, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And with Zarase, um, if you read the thing that um, uh, she has, the, the Star Rune, which mm. is the only one of its kind, and it's, a, it's an offspring of the Night Rune. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, if there's an is the night room similar to the sun room in that that they have two parts as well? Probably. So, but I the mean, thing I is think, we know yeah. that it's not unusual for the runes to have children runes in, in this world. I think they all like, you know, the true lightning rune has the thunder rune and the lightning rune. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're but, all born from sort of something. Yeah, but I think what I like about this is that there's only one of its kind, of like the Twilight and Dawn Rune, whereas mm-hmm. the other ones have multiple. It can just have multiple of its. Yeah. So that's what I was always like intrigued by because it's like, oh, and I mean, let's face it, the Star Rune is way too OP. It should never be used under normal circumstances. <laughs> well, 
Well, yeah. I've actually hacked my game to make the game harder, so... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually... I always find Suikoden 5 one of the easiest uh, art JRPGs I've ever played. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's very... Like, I doubled yeah. the stats of most enemies, and it's still pretty easy. Yeah, because you are I mean, given... we haven't really talked about it too mm-hmm. much, but like, there's a lot of oh, yeah. there's a lot more toys sort of involved here. Yes. Like, I mean, like, you have the support characters. So, like, one of the annoying things in previous Weekend in games mm-hmm. is you can only have six people, mm-hmm. um, and so you had to like <laughs> kick people. You had to kick people out of your party when you had required members all the time. Uh-huh. But here, you've got like a four person entourage that can give you support abilities, like Potch yeah. Finder, mm-hmm. which Egbert constant mm-hmm. figure in mind because money hunt. is short in this game. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Treasure hunt. Um, so you can get those true room pieces, but then also like the skills where you can like boost people's stats. Yes. Uh, but you could legitimately use none of those things in this game. Mm-hmm. And if you've got Richard and you've got Mia Keys and you've got Sarase in your party, and even like Kyle to some degree, who we haven't talked about yet, like oh, the yeah. game is like a piece. Of cake. Like you can just annihilate everyone and everything. Oh yeah, we never really talked about the Queen's Knights, did we? Yeah, not, we not, that's not yet. Right, let's go through <laughs> the Queen's Knights that, really quick. We have Kyle. Womanizer. Yes. Womanizer, womanizer, womanizer. Uh, we have Alania, oh, oh. who is a Godwin supporter, mm-hmm. uh, but she's a supporter. Yeah, yeah, she has a Queen's Knight. Um, she does like immediately strike you as like, ah, you're gonna betray me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Zahak, very similar, another Godwin supporter, Queen's Knight. Well, Kyle is a Barrow supporter apparently, but you know, it never really plays into anything. That uh, uh, Kyle is a Barrows supporter. I think it's just part of the world, you know. Some are Barrows, some are Godwin. It's just it's just a fact of life. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Galleon, who's like uh, a, probably the oldest member there, maybe. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, uh, he's he's a good guy. Uh, we have Miyakis. Is Miyakis a Queen's Knight? Another Prince. I, I, I believe I mean, she is a full fledged Queen's Knight. I believe. She, I think. Yeah, I think she is a full. Okay, so we have She doesn't keys. specify it. Like, yeah, I was like, huh, I never thought about it. Uh, did I miss anyone? George? George. Uh, Zahak. <laughs> George. Uh, yeah, Zahak. I know we got Zahak. Zahak's another. And he sees Zahak's um, quite quiet, but, you know, quite menacing. Also a Godwin supporter. A, yeah, also a Godwin supporter. Yeah, and then you have, yeah, George. And he's the leader of the Queen's Knights, right? Or I mean, we have no, uh, Ferret. Ferret, Ferret is technically Ferret is the, the leader. the commander, yeah. yeah. That's the title that falls to the, the king, basically. Is the commander of the Queen's Knights. Which seems like and a flawed system, is... but I'm not going to question it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you have last is the Queen's Knight Apprentice. <laughs> Leon! <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we can't forget Leon. Not she Queen's Knight. I will never include her. <laughs> Not until <laughs> she passes her exams. Uh, yeah, I think that's it, yeah. yeah that's it. Um, uh, we get more later on, but mm. that's the beginning Queen's Knight. <laughs> yes. Uh, so after uh, the East Palace, we go to Lunas and we meet Haswar, and that's where we learn about um, the sort of trials and tribulations that happened when Arshtat was rising to be queen. Mm-hmm. Um, we also meet Log and Lun. Woo! Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Good characters. Yes. Yes. I love oh Log and Lun. And their voice actors are so good as well. Mm-hmm. I, so oh full of personality. They're these uh, I, backwater hicks, basically. Oh my gosh. Yes. I Honestly, I was looking forward to this just because of Log and Lun. Because I... <laughs> 
just wanted to see them again. I yeah. love those two. I mean, they're there to steal gold from yes. basically like the Elven Creek on the <laughs> Holy Lands. And yes. you can tell that they genuinely don't know that they're doing something seriously no, wrong. They're, <laughs> they're like, oh, we were just like, what? we're just like, I don't know, just like trying to get some gold. We yeah. think it would be hard yes. for anyone. <laughs> One of my favorite lines in the game is when Lim was like, the brightest thing about these two is the lamp. <laughs> Such I a good read. Died. I literally died every time I see that line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So Log and Lin are there, as uh, Zach said, to steal gold because um, apparently the nobles are really into raw gold at the moment. And we mm. learned this to buy mercenaries. Mercenaries mm. prefer raw gold to coins, which makes sense. Um, right. And that's why there's oh. been a big call for it. Yes. Oh yeah, no. I was oh. just thinking about like I just realized like Lim has the best one-liners in this game because um, this is also the time where you can um, visit the rune shop to see Jean for the first oh, time. I see. And I see. I know she was like, "My mom has a word for people like you." I see. <laughs> and she repeats it later as well. Yeah. I, yes, I, I love how Jean I, could not give to. <laughs> it's like yeah, whatever. Like, I know, and then I, I one of the things I noticed is um they redesigned Jean in this game. And apparently that was because they didn't want the this, um, developers didn't want her to be confused with the royal family since they all had white, white hair. hair. Yeah, and so they gave her pink hair to not be part of like she's mm-hmm. not part of the royal family, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. We... <laughs> uh, there's also a weird or oh, creepy bath scene that happens in Lunas. Um, it's not as bad. Oh yeah, it's not as bad as many RPGs I played, but it was still a bit. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, it was like Kyle's just... like, why aren't you getting in there looking, taking a look at your yeah. aunt and sister? An like, this game sister. is weirdly horny in lots of ways, yeah. but that's definitely the worst moment for this game. It was really yeah, bad. That was... like, why would I look? <laughs> what? My aunt, my cousin, and my sister? <laughs> What's wrong with you, Kyle? <laughs> yeah, like I don't care how hot Sight leads is, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but after that, it's... Um, we have to go to Raffleet basically because rather than cause a political incident of between Raffleet and the and the royal family, uh, ties have to be good. We don't want to humiliate Raffleet publicly or anything by saying you know Log and Lynn are robbing holy places. Sileed right. says we should go to Raffleet, deal with it in person, and that was the correct decision really because we meet Raja in Raffleet. Mm-hmm. And I love Kisara. Yeah, Kisara. I love Rathleet as a town. I think it's such. I a do too. Amazing. I, I like town. it, but I have the same problem with Rathleet <laughs> that I have with almost every <laughs> town in this game, which is <laughs> how do I get around? Like, I, I I feel like they uh-huh. like uh-huh. instead of spending their budget on like really good <laughs> graphics because this game has pretty mediocre graphics for a PS2 uh-huh. game. Yeah, it does. They spent it on just making these towns massive and impossible to navigate. <laughs> like, at least ten of my fifty hours in this game so far have been just <laughs> like, where do I go? And down <laughs> yeah. to hit the flag that I need next to that. It is incredibly frustrating. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've, I've got it down now. I mean, at least give Rathleet some credit. It's signposted. <laughs> oh, yes, it does have those arrows. Which I realized eventually, yes. Yeah. But like the, the, It's signposted by like pictures, not yes. like, hey, Raja's <laughs> this here, way. No. It's like you have to pay attention. It's like, oh, it's, oh, it's signpost. Oh, got it. Uh, but yeah, so we meet Raja, who's really cool. She was an admirable during like a previous war with arms, was yes. it? Yes, I think so. Uh, the war with arms, arms, arms yes. right? Arms evasion, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, she's really cool, and she... So, Raffley is this floating town that has no... It's like a sort of gypsy-esque, and it's always on the move. It's very mobile. It's, yes. Yeah, it's uh, a very mobile boat town. <laughs> yes, but it's also not not something the Godwins like. The Godwins would rather... You know, they yeah. don't like the idea of an independent city within yeah, their within their borders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, there, there, there are free people, and they they wander through the rivers. So Felina is completely veined by rivers, a river called the Phaeus, which is a cool way to get around. It's all you. There's a lot of boats being used in mm-hmm. this game to get to A to B. Definitely superior use of boats to Suikoden in four. Yes, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> instead, of, instead of just one endless ocean, and it, it's like many small rivers, which is much better. Mm. At least until you get Vicky. Oh yeah, yeah Vicky. You get Vicky, is, Vicky too late. Is the best. Always too late. Yeah. I know. I I was wondering when we were going to get her because I was getting tired of traveling. <laughs> yeah. The game has like a very long start. Like we don't get our base until halfway through the game, and it's like yeah, I mean, quite a long Zach time was, to wait. Yeah, no, Zach was definitely on point when he said, that, "Yeah, this is a slow burn because mm-hmm. it, it is. definitely is." But it's, at least it's all building to somewhere, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the good yeah. thing. Yeah. Um. So anyway, after Rafley, after meeting Raja, we give Log and Loon back to Raja. They they get spanked in the back room. I don't know what happens in there. Oh gosh, Kassara. <laughs> I think Kassara, who is uh, the Logs, wife, of Luke, uh, the Luke, wife, yeah, who is like the most reasonable person in the family by far, definitely yeah. gets something to them. Yes, <laughs> unspeakable things. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we go back to um, Solfalena, and this is probably when the biggest events of the games come down. Mm-hmm. So we're, this yeah. is going to oh, yeah. be the engagement between. Lim, is it the engagement? Yeah, it is. It's the engagement between Lim and Gazelle Godwin. And is so, the engagement, or is it the? I forgot if her crowning ceremony is until later. I think the right. engagement okay. happens first. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. They secure their engagement, and then oh yeah, they, then they have their coup. So what they do is they poison all the food at the banquet. Mm-hmm. And so with they, the same sleeping drug that they used on Belco. Yeah, the Dark Arcanum. Yes. And basically uh, perform a coup and uh, attack the, the palace, attack the queen, attack the king. But smartly, and to the game's credit, it didn't just let our characters be taken so by surprise by characters we know are scheming. Uh, we did figure out that they were going to drug the food. I don't know why we didn't give all our soldiers an antidote, but, you know. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but um, we, we, when the assassin's coming to the bed of, I think it was the prince, uh, Leon pops up from under it and is like, surprise! <laughs> <laughs> so they, they did see it coming, but it wasn't enough, unfortunately, and we still get overrun. And Ferret yeah. and the queen are killed. And in this book, yeah, and, and and this coup that are being held by the Godwins. Um, we see George, and he's very upset about it. Uh, as we're trying to escape, uh, he's the one who tells us that the Queen and Ferret have died. What do we think about the coup scene? Uh, I mean, I think it's uh, the moment that really hooked me. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, I mean, this is about 10 hours into the game at this point, yeah. Um, 
I mean, I, li- I liked what was happening, but I still, I mean, I, I definitely was frustrated by the town design, <laughs> a little bit frustrated by the encounter rate, which we haven't talked about yet, but man, it's, it's also very PS2. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it, it's the first moment where I feel like things are really coming together. Um, there's actually a challenging boss battle here too, which you oh, yes. technically can win, I think. Uh, yes. um, I didn't. The battle um, against, against Dolph. Kildrick. And yeah. Kildrick. Yeah. I, I also um, lost it. Yeah, I, but I actually I, won this one. Oh well done. Yeah, I, I thought I, I was oh. close. I know I was close, but I just couldn't quite couldn't quite stay standing long enough. But yeah, it's it's a great it's a great moment, um, and it's uh, you know the rest of the game obviously gets set into motion by this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it really sets up. It really rewards you for being patient with the exposition setup yes. because I know that's probably most of the people's biggest gripes with Secret of Five is how slow the start is. Mm-hmm. But I think it's kind of necessary because it makes everything else really come together as it propels forward into the narrative. Mm-hmm. Like things make sense after this like this starts after things start becoming in motion. Yeah, it's not and, like um, if all all the gear all the all the things are put in place, like this makes total sense when it happens. And every, right. kind of all the characters knew it was going to happen, really. Right. It's like, it, like it was inevitable, but you just felt like there was nothing mm-hmm. you could do about it. Right. Yeah. And like and the thing is to go back to what you said, oh, why didn't they tell the soldiers, you know, mm-hmm. to not, you know, eat? I think I think that they tried to keep it as minimal yeah, as possible as because they don't know. want Godwin. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they didn't want Godwin to find out that they knew that this was coming. <laughs> you knew that I knew that you knew. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, given that they knew it was uh, coming, I would ho- have hoped that they had a better plan to kind yeah. of right. come back on it. But, I mean, again, things get filled out more later about what was happening mm-hmm. here. But I do like that it's not totally out of nowhere. I mean, like, Farid goes to have a conversation with George. It's sort of mysterious beforehand. Uh-huh. Yes, like, you can sense that there is something here. Um, that's that's going to happen, and I think it's it's really smartly set up. Yes, George Farad tells George that he was well it was something that we don't really know, but he was brought here for something only he could do. Right. If Farad failed to do it, it was only something he could do. Mm-hmm. And right. That's about at the, this point in the game the most we get of that conversation. Mm-hmm. It's uh, uh, we'll we'll talk about more of that in the second half, definitely. Yes. Um. So also the the sun rune goes back to its little pedestal in the shrine. So that confirms mm-hmm. in a sort of clever way that the death of Arstat is confirmed uh, for right. our characters' perspectives. So we're on the run. Silides, the prince, um, Leon, Leon, and George. Yes, and George. We we make it out. Uh, everyone else is still in the sun palace. That includes little Lim- Kyle. Yeah, yeah Lindsay, Kyle, Mikey's, they're they're all still there. Elenia and Zahak, confirmed, betrayed. I knew it. I mean, yeah. even when I first played this game, I was like, <laughs> I don't trust Elenia. Yeah. That, that that face just just gives it away. Yeah, yeah. yeah they they cool. definitely didn't try to hide. No, what was gonna oh yeah. And the betrayal no. happens. Even so like their character art like, looks like kind of messed up and yeah. like, um, sinister. Same with Zahak. Uh, it's the yeah. same thing. Uh, but yeah, they they are two queens knights working for the Godwins. Complete betrayal, and mm-hmm. Lim is now a hostage in the Godwin hands. A very powerful tool for them to have, um, as it gives them basically rule over the entire kingdom with Arshtat mm-hmm. and Farah dead, and Sai leads the prince on the run. And George is actually blamed for 
the murder of Arstadt and Farad. Yeah. Poor George. And then he also was blamed for kidnapping the prince. Yes, yes, and that's why they, they don't have the prince in their position. Oh, George also kidnapped them. Mm. Yes. So, using the pro- Godwin's using propaganda uh, for their favour there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are now on the run, basically. Uh, Siley's the prince, two members of the royal family that they don't have, so we are being hunted down. We're very, we're, you know, we're too dangerous to be on the run like that in, in the Godwin's eyes. Right. Uh, so the first mm. stop we make is East Palace, the day, the night, mm-hmm. the night after um, the coup happens. Mm-hmm. And from there, we're moved on to Lunas, where we meet Haswar again. She takes yes. us under her wing for a night. But we can't mm-hmm. stay there long either. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. we get it. Because yeah, then Godwin's forces were coming there. Mm-hmm. And then so we, and that's is when our first costume change occurs. I oh think. yeah, it's costume change! <laughs> Yay! I, I love the costume changes. <laughs> and everyone's so excited about his new dick, like, like his new uh, his new clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really- and I'm forever bummed that Suikoden and Five did not give you an option to change costumes, like mm-hmm, not on your own. Want. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. then I was like, um, I, I love that stuff. I love um, Leon's like kimono looking <laughs> purple outfit. Yes, and then you have the prince who's in this tear tear from Secret on One S. Yes, outfit. very very that just needs a bandana. Yeah, yeah you're right. I never thought yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. did you guys also notice that um the sprite loading sprites change? Yes, when they yes. and so when their outfits change. And I was like, that's so cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. And George is obviously wearing his Secret and Two outfit. Yes, yeah. the big yes. brown coat. Yes, yeah, true. <laughs> so many nods to the, all the other Secret and yes. I just. I love it. <laughs> it's so good. But yes, yeah, you are on the run. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, Godwins have sent 300 soldiers up towards Linus, so that's no longer safe. And so what Hasmar says is uh, there's Shaza, an, an uh, assistant called Isato, and he's an elf. And if we know anything from Suikoden, it's that elves know secret paths. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that's every, the truth. Every Suikoden has an elf that knows the secret path, and Isato is our elf. And he takes us through the forest behind Lunas, which lands us in Barrow's territory. Mm-hmm. And we have to go through a town called Hod Village first. <laughs> and had to is the appropriate term for had it, too. To. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's probably the most an- uh, annoying music in any game I I've am, ever. <laughs> I so will good, say though. that this village is by far the most interesting to me i just love <laughs> I mean, it it is cause... it is garish oh my yes. goodness it is... <laughs> just it's... the people there just it's oh so my funny. gosh i love the people in... they're just the... yes. it's it's like a gaudi yeah, village like a... if gaudi had no artistic abilities <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so what hot yeah, village just... is is a little pet project of salem barrows who considers mm-hmm. himself somewhat of an art connoisseur <laughs> uh, but uh, turns clearly, out he's not. Yeah, clearly has zero taste. But he, he, he get these artists from wherever, and he sends them to Hod Village, and he lets them run wild, design a town, and what they design is the most horrific, tacky, dis- disgusting town I've ever seen. Everything's multicolored squiggles, and there's graffiti everywhere, and there's this random 
squares on the road. Yeah. <laughs> little... It said, if anybody's ever been to Park Guell in Barcelona, it's like if that got like someone oh, okay. ate it and then vomited it up, okay. and that would be what the place is. There you go, then. It's like that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, and then you have the um, beautiful soundtrack. There's a very erratic <laughs> accompany it. It's just, it just makes sense to me. Like, I just love, yes. I don't know. I find it really annoying, but I also love how they made this oh, village because yeah. it's, it's designed so, to um, be annoying. Infinite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And can, then you get the characters you can recruit there are equally annoying. Yes, you have you Josephine, have Cornelia, who... the fashion diva. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But Josephine is actually really interesting, uh-huh. and I love her character. Yes. Um, when you find out about who she really is mm-hmm. later on, I was like, holy Such cow. Such a random little but... thing as well. For her to be like anyone, yeah, <laughs> I mean, she's good in major battles. She's got that rage room oh, ability. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Josephine is actually really helpful in those major battles. And then you have Cornelio, who is who keeps calling you a mediocrity for releasing his elves that are part of this orchestra. <laughs> I never play with and the it's elves. Like, I never find. Yeah, I never, I never collect the elves. I'm never. I mean, they're they're values. useful to collect early. Like he and the other yeah. elves are useful to collect early because they're like two more party members for a yeah. while. Even yeah. though after you can get more party members, they're totally useless. But yeah. like Cornelia is actually the first character you can like quote unquote optionally recruit, right. and um, he's useful for that reason. And that's about it. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, yes. Anyway, so Hod- we're we're in Hod- Rainwall. So like bypassing Hod mm-hmm. Village, we meet Boswild, who, who's like a big, tough, like gruff guy, but he's really nice. Um, mm. oh, yes. And he's like, okay, I can take you to somewhere safe, and he takes us to Rainwall, which is the Barrows territory city, the, the main city in the Barrows territory, um, and we're taken under Salem Barrows's wing, basically. And we are propped up as a figurehead for a rebellion against the Godwins. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're now part of a resistance. We're now actively forming a resistance with an ally in Barrow, in Salem Barrows. And we're going to go up against the Godwins and we're going to rescue Limslayer. That's that's the idea that we have at the time. Um, but things aren't really always what they seem uh so but the point is we need more allies so mm-hmm. we have to figure out a way as discussed to get lord lake back on our side because as long as lord lake is in the disrepair that it's in it'll be very hard for the royal a royal family member to get any support or gather any sort of army i think right. that's what was said and that's why mm-hmm. we had to solve lord lake yeah Mm-hmm. So what we need is basically a tactician. Ah, uh, yes, this yes is... we do. Yes, always the best characters. Yeah. <laughs> yes, honestly, this is my favorite tactician of the game that just, or, or the series. Yes. <laughs> oh, I, I need you to watch your mouth down. right now. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you not see Zach's avatar? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, true. I am sorry, Shu, but. I I don't know. I I, wonder, I I have a thing. Yeah. I'm not really fond of the Silverbergs. I'm sorry. Oh, she was not a Silverberg. She's not technically a Silverberg. Yeah. <laughs> Adopted, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, still, I love Lucretia. Sorry. Uh, Lucretia's <laughs> no, Lucretia's great. So yeah, Lucretia is going to be our brains behind all our operation, right? So she's she's necessary, and what we need her for is basically to help us. We'll solve, like, uh, figure out a way to help 
Lord Leap also Luke Bar- Baron Luger is like going to attack um, Rafley at the time. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we need her for the war battles as well. So, but she unfortunately is in prison. prison. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, she was. She betrayed Marscal Godwin two years ago. What was yes. it she done? She told Arshtat to Arshtat. take on the Sun Rune, yeah, um, so that oh, she could um, right. prevent the Godwins from getting their hands on it, and also right. so that she could um, repel the Godwins if necessary. Yes. Mm-hmm. Lucretia was Muscal Godwin's tactician. She, yes. but then deflected. Yes, but Godwin was planning on taking the Sun Rune, mm-hmm. and um, but so she went to Arshtat, told her take on the Sun Rune, and if you're wrong as long as you're wearing it he can't get it which is true mm-hmm. but also it kind of drives you mad <laughs> so that's that's yeah. a bad thing and, this, and that's when you know sent oh, to jail for that yeah sorry uh lucretia was supposed to be executed for by godwin for betrayal but uh Arshtat just brought it down to a life sentence in prison mm-hmm. um so yeah. that's why that's why we have to break her out mm-hmm. so what were you going to say mm-hmm. there sorry Oh, I was gonna say that's why you learn later on. Like, I mean, this is gonna happen like afterwards. That why Silides is so mm-hmm. um, hateful towards Lucretia. Yes, that's mm-hmm. right. It's because of that event and that um, she knew what was gonna happen if her sister put on the sun rune, and she advised it anyways. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, so yeah, but we jailbreak her out of a gate prison. Yes, um, with, the, uh... with the help of Log and Lun. Oh, with the help of Logan yeah. and, and the dwarves. And Don't the dwarves. dwarves. Oh, yeah. And we the also, dwarves. Halfway through there, we meet the dwarves who live under a mountain. And they're dwarves. I mean, I don't know what's more to say, but they're dwarves. Yeah. If you know what a dwarf is, that's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're grumpy. They dig holes. <laughs> they dig, they, yeah, they dig tunnels to different places. In they don't the know what windows that. are. Yeah, they don't know what windows are. <laughs> Apparently, windows are the text around, you know, the things around your yeah. text. <laughs> Te- technology, man, of windows. Oh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> with Lakesh's help, we can we, we fend off the naval attack from Baram Luger. Mm-hmm. And, um, one other thing I want to say about mm-hmm. Lucretia is I love one of my secret favorite characters in this game is Lele, oh, um, yeah. one of the guards oh, who is uh, guarding her, who thinks totally the Godwins love. are coming to assassinate her when you show up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I love how subtle the relationship between mm-hmm. the two of them is. It's very clear that there's something romantic between the two of them. And given this Indeed. is a 2006 RPG, mm-hmm. um, that they're even willing to sort of acknowledge that I think is great. Uh, but Lucretia, I think, is a great character because she has the honesty of Shu, mm-hmm. um, but she is definitely a kinder person than Shu is. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, there's mm-hmm. no question about it. Um, you can tell that she is interested in saving lives above all else. Mm-hmm. She even tells the prince, like, hey, if I think you're doing wrong, I'm, I'm going to abandon you. Yeah. Um, the same way I did with Godwin. Um, and then Godwin later says the same thing, like, oh, she, she, them alive. she turns, yeah, yeah, she turns around on them and, and you know she doesn't mm-hmm. um because um but she she is a fa- fascinating character i love that um she look, it seems like she's probably from the grasslands she looks like she's from the grasslands yeah, she, is from, she is from the grasslands yeah is she, she is, okay she um she is, she is. yeah as well. she yeah. was born in the grasslands. yeah yeah she is which is really and she's the only totally non-silverberg related tactician of the whole series yeah um even yes. in sweet in four you get someone from you know a, a like a <laughs> cast off Silverberg. Yeah, um, you get some younger Silverbergs and Sweet in three. Um and, and so I love uh her characterization. I love um her I, again I 
Shu, I think, is just his sort of mm-hmm. indifference to human life I find interesting yeah. um, in a lot of ways. Um, but uh, Lucretia is definitely more sympathetic and just, yeah. as, just as fascinating yeah, as a character. Well, where Shu is yeah. more like victory is the goal. Yeah. Lucretia is more of a moralistic character. So yeah. I, I do love Lucretia. And she's <laughs> I, I, she wanted to name the, the her headquarters like something like Pale moon over a shadow. No, oh, oh. yeah, it, like, it was like, oh wait, I have it written down because I was. Oh, like, you have it written like, down. Sai Shim- <laughs> yeah, Castle of the May Sai Shimmering on the Pale Blue Water. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't we just name it that? It's wrong time. <laughs> anyway. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so, no, I, yeah, yeah, I agree with um, Lucretia. That's, mm-hmm. I think that's why I like. Her the most was what Zach really touched upon is that she has everything that Shu is. Yes. But you know, she doesn't make you cry thinking that someone died. <laughs> yes. And then <laughs> le- later on you find out that they're not dead. Uh, but it's such an effective and... tactic, all right? Oh. <laughs> yeah. I... It's almost like you knew someone was watching from an outside perspective. <laughs> yeah, no. I didn't you didn't like the first time I played Sweet Quarantine, I thought I did something wrong. I literally thought I was like I killed her. Like, oh my god. I mean, it's very easy to do that thing wrong in that game. So yeah, it is. Anyway. Like, that's I was like, oh. sorry, yeah. I keep talking about Suikoden too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, anyway, uh, back to the plot. <laughs> uh, we we should uh, talk about. Um, so we've got our tactician now, and we're in Rainwall. We're, we're, we'll say, let's jump ahead to where we've got a Godwin force coming towards Rainwall, and this is like the pivotal mm. resist battle for resistance. Basically, it's where we're gonna. Yes. set up our name basically um with lucretia's help we discover and obero actually the detective you can do mm-hmm. a little mini like mini story with obero who is the game's detective and you can learn about what truly happened in lord lake two yes. years ago and what the uprising was about and through that you can discover that the uprising was basically salem barrows's idea it was a fake uprising, sort of mm-hmm. instigated at first over a real issue, but taken. He had planted uh, people, people in there, yeah, who would mm-hmm. who pushed it further, who pushed the mob towards East Palace, and that he took, used that minute, that moment to steal the Dawn Rune. So, so Salem Barrows is actually the person who stole the Dawn Rune. Yeah, during yeah, the uprising. Mm-hmm. That that was the reason for the uprising is to have it use it as a cover so mm-hmm. that he can steal the rune <laughs> while everyone else is busy, you know. Yes. Yeah. And, and I love the way you discover the rune too. Mm-hmm. It's like oh yeah, in a closet in his basement, and you have to go through the guy uh, Chuck, <laughs> uh, the guy who runs your storage later, yes. um, who says, "I even for you, Prince, I can't move. Even for you." And you get into one of the duel battles with him, <laughs> and he's one of the easiest duel battles because he's so obvious. <laughs> yes. about what he's I'm going, going to, to punch do. you now. Okay, <laughs> thanks, Chuck. <laughs> like, good to know. Thank you. Yes. So, I mean, I, I want to back up for one second yeah. here because before this happens, you were talking um, about arms, yeah. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Salem Barrows is gonna. Uh, his plan is to pull in Armas mm-hmm. at the end to then um, mm-hmm. take down the Godwins and also um, to sort of discredit you to some degree as well. Yeah, um, right. And, actually, and it's one of the first major battles. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. what did you guys think of the major battles in this game compared to the previous ones? The big tactical battles. Um, I actually, I like I it more because I, like I feel like 
Yeah, I like yeah. them probably the most, to be fair, of any of the Suikoden. Yeah. I think they're the best yeah. ones. Uh, they're yeah, I agree. RT, RTS style is always yeah. going to be hard on a PS2 or any game with a controller, mm-hmm. I think. I think RTS games are better when you've got a keyboard and mouse. But from mm-hmm. what it is, uh, it's perfectly fun. It's, at least it's not... I felt like Suikoden 2 war battles were not really gameplay. It was like more mm-hmm. watching cinematics unfold that you could kind of occasionally play, you know? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like there's less randomness mm-hmm. uh, with this mm-hmm. because uh, it's sort of a triangle system, Fire Emblem-esque, yeah, yeah. in terms of how you attack people. Um, the only the only issue I have with them is that sometimes there are so many different units that I can't, oh, like, yeah. I forget, yes. and it's really hard for me to get to, like, the different units and tell them what to do. Um, but I actually think it's also, like, the easiest of all of them. Like, I've never no. lost a single unit yeah. in any of my major battles so far in this game. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's it's a good it's a good system actually. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think they've really polished up all three of the systems. The the mm-hmm. the combat, the duels, and the the war battles are all probably the best I've ever been. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> My only issue with the combat is how long the loading time is to get into the fights. Um, yeah, like I feel yes, like that little especially sun given animation. how. Yeah. <laughs> like anyway, especially uh, given how often think, you're in battle in this game, mm-hmm. it's just a little bit frustrating to me. Yeah, I think the encounter right here is kind of wonky, but I mean, like I said, um, after playing Skies of Arcadia Legends, I can never complain ever again about, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's <laughs> um, a rough one. Random encounters, because yeah. that thing was, oh gosh. And the one so I played was, apparently was even better. Like that was reduced encounters, and I was like, Oof, that's a lot of encounters. Yeah, so Barrows had this deal with arms, and he actually came mm-hmm. to you like a night before and was basically talking about we can make our own kingdom. Yeah. Leave mm-hmm. the Godwins with what they have now, but out of our territories with arms, we'll forge a new kingdom, and you will be king, and you will marry Lucerina, my daughter. And yes. That, and, and you basically say no, or you can say no. I think you can say, oh, that sounds nice, but. You can say yes yeah, and get a bad ending. Yeah, you got the bad ending. But you should say no. Uh, <laughs> you should say no. <laughs> uh, because, yeah, you'd be, you'd be a puppet. He would have all the power in that, that real scenario. You'd just be a figurehead king at that point. Yeah, um, it'll be pretty much what um, uh, the Godwins did to Lim. Yes. It's pretty much that pretty same much effect. That. Uh, but uh, Lucretia and Obero figure why it was happening. Lucretia comes up with a plan that will reveal arms while also forcing Dilber, who is the general of the Godwin forces, and you can kind of use them to fight the arms forces without sacrificing any of your own troops, which was, I thought, a great tactical move uh, and great fun from Lucretia to to, to say that. <laughs> <laughs> like... Why she fight when we can just make our two enemies fight each other? It's great. Uh, She's like, why use our men and we can use theirs? <laughs> so, so, there so, you go. So smart. And uh, Yurum Barrows is in there with the arms and he flees. And basically when the battle's over, he comes running into the room. It's like, father, father, <laughs> use the Dawn Ruin on them. And he's like, shut the hell up. We've got what Dawn Ruin. We have no Dawn Ruins here. <laughs> oh, yes. And that's how you find out that he has the Dawn Ruin <laughs> in the basement. That's such a funny scene. Um, so moving on to basically the last part of the game before we finish up here. So real quick, was we're talking about the Lord Lake problem. How do we solve it? And mm-hmm. Lucretia comes up with this plan using the Ceres Lake ruins, which is these ruins. She mm-hmm. those are in a lake, 
that kind of feeds into the Fatus River. And the problem with Lord Lake is there's a fortress called Hatred Fortress, which is a dam blocking mm-hmm. any water from ever touching Lord Lake, and that's Godwin controlled. So yeah. it's what... a very creative name, by the way. Very creative. Oh, Hatred <laughs> Fortress. I know. I did laugh when they called it that, and it was called you know? Hatred Fortress. It's called the Bad Place Fortress. <laughs> Uh, well, it is what it is. It's, you know what it's about. With you know, there's no mistaking what that fortress is about. It's about hatred. Yes. <laughs> uh, so basically, uh, Lucretia tells you to meet with the beavers, who are like the sort of animal clan. Every Sweden has an animal clan that introduces. Uh, mm. What do we think? What, what are beavers in the hierarchy of the animal clans of Sweden? Obviously, ducks are number one. But continue the rest. But continue the rest down there. Oh, I. Oh gosh. I. Well, thing is, I love the tear crate animals. The one. Oh, the porpoise can. Yeah, sure. Throw them. They're cute as hell. I. I think that they're my favorite. No, I mean, if anything. Yes. (laughs) Right. I was gonna say, if anything, tear crates has going for it. It's that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But yeah, I I think that the beavers. I think are in the middle for me. They're not the best. Mm. They're not. I see, I agree with the middle. Uh, I like I like the ducks and I like the porpoise can and I I like the doggos, the kobolds. Yeah, uh, yeah. I uh, I mean I can't say anything about Sukun and Fours. They I think have cats. cats right? They have cats. Yeah. yeah. They do have cats. But I mean I think Even they're just cats. <laughs> anyway, so the big plan with Sarah's Lake is basically we discover it's a Sindar rune and using the Dawn rune. Uh, is a water regulator basically, and it can they can use it to flood this the Fatus River, which will completely co- will cause a tsunami that destroys Hatred Fortress mm-hmm. and restores water back to um, Lord Lake, and also reveals our headquarters. Woo! Da-da-da. Much yes. like Sweden One, our headquarters is a tower and a and a lake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true, yeah. Yeah, I think one of the I think someone even says this is very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I. I think Vicky says it because she obviously. Is... Yes, she does. It was Vicky. She's like, "Why yeah. does this feel familiar yeah. to me?" She's blinking around and she's time, blinking yeah. in time and space. Oh yeah. my god! But she's yeah. she's she's younger here than she is in. Sweet I think it's one, just right? the graphics. I think it's just the graphics. Uh, okay. Because I know in one version of Sweet Kid Sweet- Sweet- 3, maybe there's like an old Vicky and a young Vicky. Yeah. Yeah, Sweet Kid 3 is a child Vicky, yes. And yeah. regular Vicky, yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, yeah, so restoring water to Lord Lake basically brings our plot back around all the way back at the start of this podcast. We were talking about uh, Lord Lake and how it was completely desolate and its people were suffering. And now with water restored, people can uh, start to rebuild, you know. They can start to make their home again. They can get well. And uh, doing that uh, enables the prince to be able to recruit other people because he's been seen to repair a wrong that the royal family did two years ago. Mm-hmm. And that right. and that basically is the, the the last half of the first the, that's that's the last halfway point of the game I'd say when yeah. you get your uh, base but let's talk about our base just before we finish the podcast what mm-hmm. do we think about uh the Lake Saris ruins base I I actually really like it I mean I will you know quote Zach in saying this design I 
it's easy to get lost in. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that, that is at least common in Suikoden games. Like, yeah. but I actually felt like navigating this, this base is actually about as difficult as it is in any other Suikoden well, game, I especially found, as the base gets larger. I felt oh, yeah. like in Suikoden 2, I felt like I was finding new rooms every day. Like, I'd never known existed. Yeah. I feel like I knew yeah. in the Suikoden 5 places that where they were, but Suikoden 2 is like a never-ending labyrinth. I mean, yeah. I'm, a little, I'm a little bit further along, and as the base in- uh-huh. increases in size, then things become yes. a lot more complicated. Yeah. You get a basement and things like that. Yeah, so uh, yeah. Your, your base grows bigger by the lake constantly draining of water, and eventually the tower reveals more and more of what's under the water, and that you mm-hmm. move into the, the new rooms. And it's a really interesting concept, yeah. honestly. I really like it. I really put, yeah. I put it up there as one of my favorite bases in the series. Yeah, I think... It's it's different than um how Suikoden Two does its bases because I know I think Suikoden Two it upgrades based on how many people you have, mm-hmm. and Suikoden Five it's and it's four levels. Mm. In Suikoden Five it's only three levels. I'm at the highest level right now, right. and um, yeah, it's 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 nice. I I think I still like Suikoden Two's base more because it's so much it's more. Pretty, like, um, the sprite work makes it so much prettier. It's like it's yeah. so much livelier. Yeah, yeah. I think and the, the color of the base and the, mm-hmm. it's not the best looking appealing yeah as i um, said this this weekend in five has a sort of not great ps2 graphics you know for, for how late in the ps2 life as it's not the best looking game out there but it is a very fun game it is yeah it yeah graphics wise it's definitely not not to say it's best. bad it's just plain i'd say it's a very plain yeah, yeah it's very plain i mean it's, it's very washed nice. out yes yeah, yeah it's, it's out very out. washed out yeah yeah but no, the base is pretty. It's a, it's decent, you know. It's mm-hmm. not my favorite. I still think two would be my favorite. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. remember. What, oh, three was that um that one castle, right? With Thomas. Yeah, yeah Thomas, Thomas had Thomas, uh, yeah. yeah. That was just yeah. A, that was just a big mansion. It was okay. Yeah, it did have that then, ship in the back of it though. Right, and then four, you had the ship, which yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well. Yeah, I don't. I can't say anything, but I'm pretty sure I wouldn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I would say yeah. Five is up there, but it's not the best. Two is for me. Top. Yeah, I'd put two then five, then three probably, then one, <laughs> then I, four yeah. somewhere in bomb. <laughs> 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 anyway, so I think that wraps up. Is there anything else we want to discuss before we we wrap up? I was I, I was going to ask you what your favorite Star of Destiny from the first half of the game was. I think I mentioned mine. I'm going to just say Egbert. Egbert. <laughs> Egbert's an excellent choice. Egbert, yeah. <laughs> top top tier character. I mean, he's definitely um, top tier entourage character for mm-hmm. sure as oh, well. Yeah. Do you want to talk about His money silence? is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Not if you do the trading minigame. Do it. Uh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, I've already talked about Lucretia. Lucretia is definitely my yes, favorite Lucretia, star of destiny in this whole game. Um, there are some there are some stars or people we've met whose backstories get really interesting. I think in yes, the second half that I'll talk are. about next time. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of what you know about the character and just her personality and how yeah. she's both like weirdly elegant but also really tough mm-hmm. and, and sort of humble in a lot of ways too. Yeah, um, yeah. I think Lucretia is is the best character in this game. Mm-hmm. They they just know how to nail tactical. Uh, yeah, they really do, don't the they? Series. They really do. Bobby Utrecht. Oh, okay, well, I am gonna do a tie because I cannot choose okay, a team. Okay, I'll allow a tie, I suppose. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, um, I definitely Lun. I oh, love yeah. Lun. I 
I love that she's plays a huge part in the story, but mm-hmm. also it's just her character. It's just um one of the characters when you meet one of her friends, Subala, and one of the choices you would say, Oh, is this your boyfriend? <laughs> and then she's like, Boyfriend, Subala is a girl, but it's okay. <laughs> I understand because her face is ugly, so she kind of looks like a boy. And then um the other one is um I know we, you don't quite recruit her in this half, but you do see her in this half. It's okay. is Sigiri. Oh yeah, I love Sigiri. Sigiri. Yes. Sigiri's yeah. story. She, she's Sigiri's... one I will want to talk about in yeah, part two. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, no. We'll, we'll definitely yeah. talk about Sigiri. Sigiri well, is just <sighs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, so that was great, guys. Thanks so much for talking with me for an yeah, hour and forty minutes. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> this is a long game. There's flies. a lot to talk about. Yes. Um but, uh, so thanks so much. Um, let's do our little wrap-up, I suppose. So next week, uh, we have an AI Somnium Files spoiler cast, which I think I'm also on. What? I yeah. love that game. Oh, you better so all good. listen to it. Oh, man, I, so I love, 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 love. It's so good. You Wait, Zach, did you review it? Did you review I did it? Too? Not. I was uh, supposed to, but Audra did, and she loved it. Okay, I was like, so I remember you. I was like, I thought you were the one. Anyway, it's and so then, good. Then we'll be back with our part two of Streak and Five. Woo! Go us. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, next month we have Near Automata. I think I'm also on that one. So I'm sorry. I am for... too. Oh, Gee, yeah. Leona, you are. How, how you are far along are you in Near Automata at this point? I Leona. just finished the first route. So not very far. Okay. Oh, uh, right. You haven't gotten to the good stuff yet. No. So is this I, your first time playing near? Yes, I'm playing it on stream actually, on my Twitch stream. Oh, totally nice. blind. Oh uh, wow, it's a really great game. <laughs> yeah, I've heard great things. I'm enjoying yeah. it for it. It's also my first action game, by the way. So I just throw that in there as well. I've never played an action RPG. Uh, I, I know you're all... speechless. <laughs> I know. At least it's not a particularly difficult one. So yeah, um, yeah. So no. yeah, that'll be that'll be probably two more episodes and. So that'll be five episodes that I'm on in a row. Sorry, guys. <laughs> We've also... Up right now should be our Game of the Year and Most Anticipated of the Year features. So you should go check them out on the main page. Um, if you have any questions or comments, please email us at retro at rpgfan.com. Uh, you can comment on our forums, visit our Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, Discord, which I run, Twitch, streaming every day, Great streamers, definitely check them out. Uh, there's always something going on. Uh, we have also two other pad. Oh, oh, sorry, we've got three now. We've got a sister podcast as well now. We have Random Encounter, which is our weekly. Is it weekly or bi-weekly? I think it's bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. Bi-weekly uh, current events podcast, and we have Rhythm Encounter, which talks about music in the series. We're also sister podcast Phoenix Edge. Definitely check them out. Review us on iTunes, Google Play, any other podcasting, listening venue. We love to hear feedback. Uh, so let's go through our own uh, social media. Uh, Zach, is there any way your adoring fans can contact you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably the best way to reach me is uh, by email at ZachW at RPGFan.com. You can also reach me on Discord at ZachW. Awesome. Is that uh, Tris? I've pretty much disappeared from the face of the social media planet. So okay. Not, really not, not a bad idea. It's all <laughs> hell. It's all a hellscape. You have removed yourself from the hellscape. Yes, yes. congratulations. <laughs> uh, well, I'm a glutton for punishment, so you can find me on Twitter at Star Mongoose. 
You can also join our Discord server, which is on uh, the main page. You can find our little Discord button and just join us on there. We've got a very active community. We're always talking games. Please come join us. And you can also catch me streaming on Twitch sometimes. Uh, Twitch RPG, uh, Starmongus RPG fan. Oh, I get so that's it. Thanks.